blossoming, blossoming moments. A warm welcome, everyone, to Today I'm Alive. I'm your host, Margaret Aberdeen. It is my delight to introduce you to Anna Love. Anna is full of gratitude and is a student of life. She has been teaching yoga and studying the mind-body connection for over 15 years. Anna is a single mother with three children and has a yoga and healing space in East London, where she holds space as a yoga teacher, healer, guardian, and warrior of love. Her passion is to witness the immense empowerment, healing, and transformation that occurs through love and the embodiment of self-love. Two years ago, Anna was diagnosed with breast cancer and is here to share how she is healing breast cancer with energy, mother nature, and the vibrations of love. Oh, welcome, welcome, Anna. It's a great, great pleasure to have you on the show today. Grand risings, hello. <laughs> Certainly welcome. Yes, Anna, you, during um, our previous meeting, you said something that really captivated me. You said, Cancer makes you a superhero. So I would like you to expand on that um, that statement. Cancer makes you a superhero. And I want listening everyone, I want everyone to listen because this is going to be an eye-open discussion. Anna, the floor <laughs> is yours. <laughs> Thank you. I suppose I think when I was thinking about, you know, when I got my cancer diagnosis. I actually felt quite empowered um, because I saw it as a real opportunity to um, heal. Mm -hmm. uh, yet I, I discovered that I was instantly put into the brackets of a victim yes. and, um, and everyone was sorry for me and, and felt sorry for me and, you know, was worried and in fear. And I think I just, it really hit me how everything is a choice literally everything is a choice we know this I had a psychotherapist once who said that sometimes it's a choice between a shit choice and a shitter choice but it's always a choice and um and I think in and around that I I really was was shocked at, at how very few people when they get a cancer diagnosis realize that they have a choice around how to heal um and and healing in itself is so empowering and I'm I'm not here to tell anyone what to do and that was one of the things I found most difficult is people telling me what to do and how to heal um but I remember someone saying to me because I've chosen to heal in a way that is natural completely you know going with mother nature in in a way also that isn't isn't going to cost me financially a lot of money it's it's an abundant way of healing and um and uh I just remember um realizing that that most people just you know they had me booked in for oncology and surgery within a week you know and and um and so if I'd have just gone along I would have felt like I had no choice and I remember someone saying to me, oh, you know, your choice is so much more difficult than if you'd have gone down chemotherapy. And, uh, and I said, actually, I don't know because I haven't gone down chemotherapy. But actually, I would have thought once you have, once you've had that injection, you can't go back. Mm -hmm. And actually, from what I've seen, 
chemotherapy is brutal. Like it's 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 awful, and and you can't, you know, you're on it, and and you know nothing else, and um, and so I think, I think just that real awareness that where the attention goes, the energy flows. So when getting a cancer diagnosis, you know, we can we can choose to buy into this victim role that, that, that we're given by society that, that's hand-fed for us. Or yes. we can choose to empower, yeah. Yes, you know, you're awakening a memory in me. When I was diagnosed with my brain tumor, I remember the doctors immediately wanted to operate on me because they said it was re in relation to my kidney um, tumor. So they were really very fast active of wanting me to, to um, get into hospital, just as you're saying. But I hesitated and I said, no, before I do that, I want to take my son you know, to New York because that's where my, my um, immediate family is. Because, you know, I don't know um, what's going to happen to me. So let me take my son there. So you're touching on something that I remember specifically happened to me also um, regarding, you know, when one is diagnosed with um, cancer of any sort, kidney cancer, tumors or whatever, there, there's a quick, you know, like a quick action fix. That's what yeah. I, I felt. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. also what's interesting is that you decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to first go, which gave you some breathing space, right? But many of us are just like, ah, get it out, cut it out, chop it off, get it rid of it. Like, I, I need it to go, I need it to go. The big C word, like, this is terrifying. I'm so scared, horrible, horrible, evil, nasty, you know. Um, and then there's, everyone's fighting cancer. Everyone's mm -hmm. fighting cancer. And yet, I think this is where we've got it screwed. I had some, um, I had some, uh, spiritual healing and and this woman said to me the cancer's not here to harm you it's here to help you and um and i've got goosebumps as i'm saying that because this is my truth you know this this cancer diagnosis has completely and utterly transformed my life for the better like unimaginably better i can't tell you how much better my life is. i can't i can't explain how much better my life is because of cancer and so, and I, and I still have this tumorous lump in, in this tumor inside of my body, which is probably still cancerous. And um, I have like a relationship with it, it now. And, and I, I have to be aware of not being too attached to it. You know, non-attachment is where we all are striving, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, but this, this, I, I, I almost feel like we, we get it wrong. When we're diagnosed, we, we freak out instead of embracing this incredible opportunity. Oh, yes. Um, you know, Anna, you are saying certain things that I myself began to realize once I had cancer. It sort of gave me the courage to really look at Margaret, connect with Margaret, as one would say, have a relationship with Margaret, love Margaret, embrace Margaret, dance <laughs> with Margaret, sing with Margaret. So, you know, you're saying these things and it's like a rippling effect that I'm feeling. Yeah as you're saying yeah. that, because it gave me courage to flip yes. that mirror on myself, to look at myself. So you're saying something very exactly as how I myself look in this situation with cancer. Wow. Yes. And I remember yeah. during our conversation, you said cancer makes us have more relationship with our body, listen to our bodies. Could you expand on that? Because I do remember you saying that, and that in itself caught my, you know, yeah. my attention. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I think the thing is, what happens is, is we are, we treat the medical profession, I, I believe, I might be wrong, um, sees uh, physical ailments as physical, just physical. So I teach yoga and I, I really noticed how when I'm in a bad funk, like my body feels it. When, when I'm high and everything's amazing, my body feels it. So our bodies vibrate at a, at a certain level. And I believe that our emotions are impacting that. I personally believe that our healing is not just physical. It's physical, emotional, environmental, and spiritual and also mental. So, you know, what goes on, it, it's not just physical. And so if you take if you take something and chop it off without having worked out where it came from in the first place, what's the root of that? You know, what is it that has caused this? And I, my, my breast cancer was on the right hand side. Uh, the if you if you have bre the the right side tends to be the masculine, but also your your right when when dealing with breast cancer, apparently the right hand side is very often to do with a bereavement or grief um, around the masculine. Uh, very often with the right hand side, it's your partner. Uh, your partner or society, how you view yourself as a mother within society. On the left-hand side, it's very often to do with your own mother uh, or your children. And so um, on my, on my, it was on my right-hand side, I'd had a, a really difficult, uh, um, pleasant breakup with, with my husband of 27 years, who I absolutely adored. Um, and um, I felt like a failure in society as a mother. Uh, because I was bringing up three children on my own and not particularly well, I might say. So, um, so I, you know, I, I get where it comes from. And then you go in deeper, you go to your inner child, you see where it comes from, you know. And, um, and so I've, I've discovered that I've got this incredible book that tells you the different parts of the body. So, yeah, it's all linked. Yeah. And what is the name of the book? Could you share it with us? So um, it is called the, I'm so rubbish at things like this. It's by a man named Jack Mas. I'll, I'll give it to you. So maybe you can put it in the link at the bottom. Right. Um, but it's called uh, the emotional, I, I can't remember actually, it's shocking, isn't it? And it is my favorite book and I read it every day. <laughs> but it's about, it basically says the emotional attachment to the physical ailments and diseases within the body. Mm. I just want to go back. You said something with the, um... The right side being the the masculine, and yeah. so standing as to what you're saying because my tumors were on the right side, and the reason why that is because I came from an abusive childhood, my father alcoholic, so I think the resentment and that feeling I had towards my father. I mean, I've yeah. said this yeah. before, but here you are, really, you know, enforcing something that I myself became aware during my uh, my healing journey of uh, with cancer. Yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah, that side. And my I mean, guess, my guess is as well that you would have maybe had to have been hyper masculine in in some of your relationships, some of the wow. situations you got in. So there was an imbalance of the masculine. You know, I didn't embrace my feminine until I got my cancer diagnosis, and and was like, wow, like I I, I want to be a woman. I want to stop like being this hyper masculine person because we when we tip into survival, very often as women, we do jump into the masculine. It's it's it's. it's the feminine is seen as weakness. It's seen as, as weakness. And we don't at that time realize the vulnerability, the strength and power that comes from vulnerability. Mm. But um, yeah, it does very much tend to be that the, the right side is the masculine and the, and the creative, uh, the masculine and the logic. Yes. And the left side is the feminine and the creative. 
Wow, very Until much so. Very much yeah. so. But you know, yeah. I, let's just uh, think about it. How many women, I think I did a bit of research, over 55,000 women are diagnosed with breast cancer every year in the UK. That is yeah. what I, I kept, yeah, it's quite a lot. And um, yeah. so I was thinking, I mean, uh, being a, a healer and thing, do you know what, what do you think is the main cause? It doesn't have to be, you're not a scientist or whatever, but I'm just saying, what do you think is the main cause of breast cancer in women? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, in the Western society, like there's, there's so much, you know, I, I believe that um, all dis-ease within in the body and I, I believe that actually, I mean, maybe don't get me started on this, but I believe that <laughs> most of the things that we have problems with problems with in, in this society are to do with repression. It's to do with us bottling things down, not allowing things out. You know, people people who aren't heard, you know, the amount of people who are bipolar or, or you know, on, on the spectrum or whatever, very often if you track it down, they've not been listened to. They've been told that they're inappropriate. You know, we all have such a different way of processing and, and dealing with things and our own unique, authentic gift and talent and offering may sound and look strange mm -hmm. and society doesn't want us to shine loudly or inappropriately or make strange noises or ticks or things which some people need to help them concentrate so we're told that this isn't okay i think very often um i mean i can't say with but i just think society the way that it's ruled you know the fact that that sugar is the greatest cause of diabetes and cancer Mm -hmm. and and is so I when I went on a Dr Sebi diet I went on alkaline and went on Dr Sebi's diet and realized I could hardly buy anything in the supermarket because it's all processed and has so much sugar in it and so you know alcohol is is accepted everywhere and yet some plant medicines uh, which are grown naturally in the wild are are considered poisonous or or class A drugs or you know are, are illegal and yet very often these things are so healing mm. and so I feel society and the way it is you know the pressure on women to be and to do and to and to keep everything going and you just can't you know yeah, yeah. being a single mom and and trying to be perfect and looking around on social media and at my friends whose children came to school in looking perfect and I was lucky if I got mine there you know <laughs> never mind that they were wearing last week's clothes you know it, it's just we, we're doing what we can and 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 I think it's this feeling that we're failing Everybody feels like they're failing. Everybody else has got it right and we're failing. And so what do you do with that? You can't tell people because then they'll be like judging you or you're judging yourself. And I yeah. think I think for me, the biggest thing comes from not loving ourselves. It comes from not loving ourselves. Yes, yes. I agree with you 100%, 100% with that because that, you know, for me growing up was just always caring and loving this one and trying to fix this one. Now, who is fixing me? So just as you mm -hmm. said, how, mm -hmm. you know, I believe, I mean, people about me drop open like a frog, that's their choice. I believe, you know, the cause of my cancerous tumors was because I suppressed a lot of emotions, a yeah. lot of emotions. I mean, we eat, right, Anna, when we eat, we digest and where does it go? Poo. So where does yeah. our emotion go? Just, I mean, that's yeah. a common, common sense. So yeah, I right. <laughs> I agree with you a hundred percent about yeah. that. Yes. And yes. I think it's, it's interesting you said about common sense, because when I've been thinking about talking to you, I've been thinking this is almost the key. 
It's like we've lost our common sense. We, we've lost our sense of that just makes sense, right? So I, I know for myself that there are, there are certain things I've tapped into my intuition. So for 27 years, I completely gaslighted my intuition, mm -hmm. particularly my feminine intuition. I was embarrassed of it. I was, you know, obviously it's better if sometimes we don't tap into it for other people because it's more comfortable for them. But like, so I, I, I ignored my intuition. So when I got my diagnosis, I was suddenly like, hang on a minute. Am I, am I gonna sit on my intuition now and die for other people so that it's more comfortable for them? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, actually, no, I'm, I'm gonna listen to my intuition. And so a lot of what I teach at the moment, a lot of in my classes, a lot of the message I'm really trying to put through is that people listen to their own intuition. They listen to their gut instinct because we have this for a reason. It's not a mistake. It's not like mm -hmm. some kind of, you know, God, divine source, universe, whatever it is, Buddha, Allah, you know, gave us this, this incredible intuition, this incredible gift for a laugh yeah. to confuse us. Like it's a reason we, we feel these things. And I think there's a, there's a real uh, tendency to, to ignore ourselves and to do what other people say, just because somebody studied mm -hmm. for four years at, at, at medical school. Now I'm not, I'm not disrespecting anybody who has gone down the academia route. It's, it's, you know, it's very, very valid. Of course it is. But I think for us all to just throw all our common sense out the window to do and listen to somebody who went to university over somebody who, equally had an experience it might well have been a life experience don't tell me you're not learning as you're living your life don't tell me as you're scrabbling around trying to make 10 pounds last you for five weeks that you're not learning stuff you know mm -hmm. like so we we have this we have this desire to just throw everything out the window when someone with money and 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 letters after their name tells us something and i remember sitting in the ch oh yeah yeah no but you know something I'm listening to you and now that so many um, women is diagnosed with breast cancer and things like that. And because we have this fast pace of life, this sort of distraction from ourselves, because just as we know, the external world have so much there for us as women. I mean, men also, but let us just um, say with the woman, distraction there that we don't even have time to be with ourselves, to really connect with nature. This morning, I got up at four o'clock, I went out to uh, nature, I walked so mindfully, it's such a beautiful feeling, took my trainers off, connected with the earth, and I'm like, this is absolutely refreshing, re-energizing, creative, you know, I can't explain it when I, when I do that, you know, my ritual morning walk. So what mm. you're saying there for us now to really take that pause and listen to our intuition, this is where yeah. I think the major part of women awakening. That's how I can yeah. look at it. Yeah, Margarita, I totally agree with you. And I think I think one one of the things actually looking back, as you were saying that about your morning walk, I I for a while I got up um with a friend and we used to go and watch the sunset, Ooh. sunrise and the sunset. There's something about watching the sun rise, seeing that power of the sun, the sun's very masculine, and seeing that coming up out of the of the of the ground and, and shining on the world is very, very powerful and sets you up for the whole day. But I think this is I think this is the key, is that if we want to heal ourselves 
we at first, the very first thing we need to do is accept and love ourselves. And without loving ourselves, we're not healing anything. Mm. And, and I think this is what's so difficult is because if we feel that we failed, if we feel that we've got it all wrong already, it's very difficult to love yourself when you're constantly looking at yourself through the eyes of a failure. And I think it's about seeing our, nothing is a failure. Nobody fails. Everything is a lesson or a blessing. And I think once we see uh, how else are we supposed to learn? How do we learn? You mm. know, and it's this whole thing about telling our children off. We're not telling them off. We're showing them how to live in a, in a way that's, you know, going to help them. Yes. Oh, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And what I would like, I mean, okay, you were diagnosed with um, breast, um, breast cancer. What are the steps? I mean, just for the audience to become aware, what are the steps once you do that? What did you start doing in order to be where you are now? I think that's a very, very crucial uh, okay. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I did, the first thing I did was I listened to myself. The first thing I did, and I and I was like, okay, Anna, we've got this. I'm on your side. I, I made it. I took responsibility. That was the very first thing. I decided to take responsibility for my own life and for my own healing. And I decided that I was worthy of that. And I decided that as much as I respected and honored other people within my life, I was now gonna become my number one priority. I adore my children, but I, I would do everything. I was living in guilt, a lot of guilt. So I would, I would be easily guilted. So I, wouldn't, I was shamed and guilted by my ex-partner who was still around at the time. And so I, 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 I stopped that. I stopped feeling guilty for having a nap. I decided to, I was going to look after myself. I was going to look after myself and to look after myself, other people might have to look after themselves for a little bit because I was going to look after myself. And I actually realized that I was enabling a lot of them within not looking after themselves. Right. So, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, the other thing was I was self-medicating quite strongly with alcohol and um, weed. And um, I stopped that. Well, tobacco. And I, and I, I, I stopped that. I, um, I, and I embraced uh, the alkaline diet straight away. I embraced an alkaline diet and Dr. Sebi and Dr. Sebi, um, don't Google him because they're horrible about him, but he really talks about love, like the vibration of love. And, and, I, and I decided that I, I realized, I was lucky that I realized quite early on that there's a vibration of fear and a vibration of love. And it was just after COVID where fear was being so massively hyped up and it was in everyone's lives. And I saw the damage that fear does. And so it's not love and hate, it's love and fear. Mm. It's a clever one. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I was going to raise my vibration of love. And that's the only way to combat fear. So I think when I started on the alkaline diet, everyone was like, oh, that's a bit extreme. And isn't it, isn't it, aren't you like um, restricting yourself? But so, the, yes, there were things I gave up, but my God, the things I embraced, the things that opened up to me, there were foods on that list that I'd never even heard of. And, um, and, and I started, I had all this, unbelievable food the biggest thing as well like and everybody can start healing this moment by ingesting vibrancy love beauty 
high vibrational foods, high vibrational, like be aware of it. It's what you ingest on every single level. So I stopped watching television. I, st I stopping the news. That's got to be the first thing. I mean, everybody should not be watching the news. I don't mm. care who you are. I just don't watch the news. Um, <laughs> but and I'm being very aware of very, very mindful of what I listen to. It was also with the company I kept being very, very mindful of my vibration. When I left somebody's energy, how I felt when I left somebody's present, if I felt low in energy, if I felt tired, if I felt drained, that is my body telling me very, very clearly that that person, there's nothing wrong with them. They're beautiful. They're lovely. They're wonderful. They're going through their own life. They're on their own journey. Their journey isn't helping me right now. And therefore, if their journey isn't helping me, my journey isn't helping them. Please know that what is right for one is right for another. I truly believe this. I truly do. And sometimes it hurts because we're enabling someone within their within their suffering and their suffering has become their way of life and it's familiar to them. So they don't want to let go of it because it's scary stepping out of that. And so we buy into that and feel like, oh, I can't leave them because I'm the only thing keeping them going. If you're the only thing keeping them going, they need to crash so they can get on their own two feet, you know? So I think it's about it's it's about bringing bringing positivity, vibrancy, and 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 this this aliveness into your life. Oh, oh and I don't want you to stop. I just want you to keep on flowing. I mean, the things that you're saying there, it is so so rewarding, and I'm sure the listeners who are listening there, it's making an impact. I can feel it. I can feel the tremor of vibration from you, from, you know, just what the words that you're saying. It's well needed. I just want to find out, I mean, when you say about the food, I know, yes, we have a lot of processed food, fast food, et cetera. What, what food, what main food did you um, eat and still eating today to help you heal and do the loving of your um, breast cancer? Could you just share that with us, please? A, a, a papaya, 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 just love papaya. Um, papaya, I, I love papaya and tahini as well. Uh, dates and tahini, because I had quite a sweet tooth. Dates and tahini, if, if, no, if you haven't experienced dates and tahini, it, 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 it's heaven. Um, and just basically everything I eat is, is high vibrational, is vibrant, is alive. It's alive. If you're eating death, you know, if you're eating something that has has experienced despair, um, you know, uh, torture, suffering, if something, if you are eating something that has stood in a line and watched its friends and family being murdered, knowing they are next, please don't tell me everything is energetic. Please don't tell me that that energy that is sort that the 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 chemicals and toxins that that course around that little that little being that soul's body before before they leave their body is not going to create some and then you ingest that mm. and you expect to be okay mm. and much of this meat has tumors and all sorts of things in it you know on a on a let, let's forget about morally what's what's what what feels right and what doesn't like, why are you going to ingest something that has come from born of suffering? For, for me, with my healing, I knew that everything I had had to come from beauty and, and, and purity. Like, I don't want to ingest anything that has come from death. 
or, or suffering. It's it's mm. not it's not that's not a vibrational energy I choose to take into into my body anymore. It's not yeah. it's not a thing. So um, yeah, basically that's really good. To, anything that's alive. You know, and, and, and we got to do the best we can because we're living in this society. You know, if I had my way, I'd have my own. I'd have my own place. I'd grow my own food. I wouldn't be next to the train. I wouldn't be living in London. You know, I'd, I'd be, I soon come. But but for now, <laughs> you know, for now, I'm I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And, you know, we, we can all we can all find excuses why not to do what we need to do. You know, oh, but you know, plants cry when you, plants scream and all the rest of it. Yeah, we can all make excuses. At the end of the day, the responsibility is on us. Like I, I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their lives. I'm just telling you what works for me and it, and it really works. Oh, <laughs> it really I, works. I can hear it in you and I'm so excited, you know, for you to be here sharing that because there are certain things so much as you're saying that I agree with, you know, et cetera, because yes, say like they're killing a cow or whatever, the fear in that cow or whatever animal and whatever yeah. is going through there. Because I remember as a child, you know, yes, I grew up in, um, in the Caribbean, Trinidad, and there was chickens and ducks. And, you know, I'm so sad when my, my mom, you know, they killed it to, to to feed us mm -hmm. i always remember that mm -hmm. now i don't eat chicken and things like that no. because i do remember how it was as a child and with my pets so yeah. i do feel but I even do... even that's ahead. a tiny bit better you know a bit better than the factory farms that we have now right mm -hmm. i mean that's a very very different thing you know that your chickens and probably were loved and had a nice life and i i mean i personally wouldn't choose to eat an animal now um i don't need to but mm -hmm. um but a factory farm this is very different you know that this is very different. their whole life is spent in 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 hopelessness and in, in so you know it is even even stronger now yes, i believe yes, that, yes and to put that in your body as you said what it, it can do yeah. etc as the main course yeah. wow wow you know i mean this as i said i mean could you emphasize i mean what is the awakening the if you want to call it the best lesson from you having um, breast cancer, what is it that you feel now so shining like a star, so awakened that you feel within you? Could you just share that with us, please, um, Anna? I think it is an awareness. Ah, do you know what? I feel like I've been chosen. I feel like I've been gifted this life. I'm, I'm no longer like, plodding along doing what I need to do I have a gift of life I have a purpose um my life is is meaningful I am grateful and blessed for every day I know that I have some work to do um and I just every single day that I I step more purely and fully into this connection with something that is greater than I am. Um, I'm not religious. I suppose I would say I'm spiritual, but I I I am just so grateful for this opportunity of life, but also for the connections that I've made. And also, I think the biggest thing is, is trusting my intuition, my gut instinct, which is my connection with the divine, with the, that, that is, uh, that is greater than me. Mm. And, um, and it's that, it's that connection and that knowing so that when something comes up and I have a decision to make, there's that feeling, you know, sometimes when you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do it. Like I, I need to do it, but I don't really want to do it. 
and and then you're like, no, I'm not going to do it. And you have that, ah, oh, it's like that. It's that tapping into that and knowing that. And, and so feeling that my life is guided. So even though it's, it's weird, it's like that mixture. I've taken responsibility for my life, mm -hmm. but I, I, I have surrendered to that that is greater than I. Mm -hmm. And so as much as now I don't fear like I used to, I don't fear people in, in supposed power in the way I did because I'm the power. Uh -huh. Wow, powerful, powerful. <laughs> and, that, and that is after having um, diagnosed with breast cancer, you felt like there's something just really escalated in you to say, this is me, this is the true me. Is that how it, you feel like really the, the real you came out? Yeah, but it took a while. It took a while um, mm -hmm. because at first there's the fear. You've got to get over the fear. And I was so shocked because I was so convinced that I was doing the right thing. And then when I told everyone, my loved ones and everyone, and they were angry with me and, and, I, and I was shunned. And, and there was another really beautiful woman I knew who died of cancer. And, and so, and she'd gone down all the route. And so it's, it, you know, it's very, very difficult because the big C word, um, it, 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 everybody's got a relationship with it. And so who am I to come along and be like, I got breast cancer, I'm not, I'm not having chemo, I'm not chopping it off, I'm doing my own thing. It's challenging as hell. Mm -hmm. And I'd meet people in the road and they'd tell me, oh, I knew someone who did what you did and they're dead now. You know, you have to be careful, which was like, you don't know what I'm doing. You don't know. You're not in my head every moment of every day. You're not in my body cells. You don't know. And yet you make this judgment. And, um, and so there was this real... I was so hurt. There were a few people I had to stop speaking to, a few people who dropped off, a few people who shunned me and were disgusted by me, many people who were angry with me and said, you don't know how difficult it is being around someone who's choosing to kill themselves rather than do what they do. So I, I was, that was, I really had to go in. And, um, and there was a lot of self-hatred around that time. Like I was Oh, I, I'm an idiot. Oh, why am I doing this? I'm selfish mother. And, and so, but it was coming back, coming back to the, to the intuition that said, no, don't chop it. Oh, fantastic. Yes. I really, I don't know. I just agree with you with, with listening to that inner voice of you, that intuition. Uh, yes. Mm. I want to ask you, I know we're coming to time, um, coming down to time, but I know you, you have um, uh, workshops and classes and things like that to help women, um, he uh, said, could you um, share that a bit with um, with us, please, um, Anna? Yeah, so I have a yoga and healing space in, in Stratford, East London, and it's it's just being built and being very, very guided and led by all the beautiful people I meet <laughs> and, um, and the things that are coming into my life. But I'm just really so keen to share what I've learned and, and, and this vibrancy and love of life that I have now and gratitude. And so I, we, I teach yoga. Yoga really got me through, always continues to get me through. It's incredible. Um, but also I do share many of the things that I learned because when I got my diagnosis, I, uh, it, was, it, it was so clear in my mind that I needed to heal in a way that would be accessible to anyone and everyone who walked through my door, irrespective of how much financial wealth they had. And, um, and I, I remember someone saying to me, you could do a GoFundMe page and go to this place in Germany and you can heal. And, you know, and I was like, there was, it was just so, there was so repelled. I was like, no, 
everything I do has to be accessible and, and, and it's abundant. Healing is abundance. This is another thing we're told. You have to have loads of money and go to a special oxygen place. You have to go here, you have to go there. Go in a bloody forest, right? Stand in the forest under the trees and breathe deeply, right? Look at the, go and feel the sunshine on your face. Like watch the sunrise, watch the sunset. You, like that is, that's available to all of us. I know sometimes you might have to get out of London or to the park, but this is it. Fantastic. Yes, um, is there a, a connection that anyone linked uh, you can share with anyone if they want to um, join your class? Could you just say, I'll put it there, but I think it's good to say it also. Yeah, so it's called the Prana Space, the pra uh, Prana Space in London, in, in Stratford or Maryland. And um, as well, the other thing is I really, really do want to say um, that this need for it to be accessible to everybody and anybody is I don't do charity. Something for nothing is nothing. But I, I'm really open to people sharing their skills and their gifts and their offerings. And everybody has something to offer. I don't care who you are. You have something to offer. And I want to know that. And I want to share in that. So if someone wants to come along to a class, but they feel they have nothing to offer, let's have a conversation and you'll be surprised at how much you do. I have someone who takes photographs. I have someone who's going to do belly belly classes for me. Uh, you know, if it could just be holding space, opening the doors for someone or, or, or helping me with my marketing or word of mouth everybody has something to offer oh fantastic <laughs> fantastic well you know uh we're coming down to the time but there's a question i just love love um asking my my guests you know when you hear the word today i'm alive what do you feel what excites you with that word today i'm alive <laughs> i just feel i just feel like yes like i'm I am, I bloody am, I'm alive, I'm alive, and what a what an honor, what an honor and a blessing, and just just gratitude, you know, Margarita. I think that it's gratitude that is the, the attitude of gratitude is what is what it's all about. Like, if anyone is not feeling, just start with gratitude. You've got two feet. You've got a heart that beats for you every second of every minute of every hour of every day, just for you, your oh, heart. Let's start there. You. Thank you. Thank you. Now our time. Thank you, Anna. And I hope you really, it was absolutely magnificent. Thank it you. It really was. I love oh. you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very so much. much. I'm your host, Margaret Aberdeen. Tune in next week for another rocketed episode of Today I'm Alive. Share with your friends and family and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. To hire me for talks and events, please email me at info at margaretabedeen.com. Thanks for listening. Today I'm alive. Today I'm alive. And I'm feeling good.